twist. This is my show, and we're glad to be spending it with you. Chiefs are world champions. <laughs> and as we all say every year, the freaking Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I don't care if you watch it or don't watch it. Everyone should agree. Let's get another another holiday out of it. Combine it with President's Day, as so many people have suggested. Make it its own. Or, or, or I think we just all kind of have a plan where no one goes to work that day because it's it really should be it really should be uh but more important than that discussion it's just good to have the crew back tom's in studio today the whole team's here we're gonna have a we're here time we're gonna do a therapy session midway through oh wow um, yes ayahuasca yes I don't, I don't know if we'll do that or not. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But I, it, it is kind of ridiculous. I feel like there's a couple nights or days throughout the year that need to be treated as such. I feel like Halloween, whether you like Halloween, same thing. Whether you like Halloween, don't like Halloween, oh, it's the devil's night, whatever. It's celebrated. Everyone does it. The kids are exhausted. The parents are exhausted. That day should be a, a no school day, no work day. But November 1st? Yeah, November 1st is off. I hereby decree... That's not happening. The the day after the Super Bowl, same thing. What other ones am I missing? Maybe St. Patrick's Day? No, but, well, I mean, maybe. Some people go hard to the yeah. that. But, but <clears throat> the other for sure, the kid factor on Halloween and then the kid factor slash just adults being adults on Super Bowl. It's the most watched event of, of the year. I, I, don't, I don't know why we can't get this this figured out. I don't know. It's the pleasure police once again. They're trying to take things away from us, and they don't want to. Um, they they don't want to say that they're on board with bad behavior. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they're encouraging at that point. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing: that's what we're all going to do, anyways. We've proven it. We're broken humans. Should we should we consume as much as we do and stay up as late as we do that night? No, probably not. But. That's what we do. So well, it's actually kind of an early night, you know. But it went into overtime. And it, it still was pretty early, yeah. Yeah. No, fair point. <clears throat> fair point. All right, well, we got a lot that we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to show a clip, rather, of Peter Ducey and KJP, who got into it over who's really in charge, who's really running things at the White House. We all have our opinions on that. DH Secret uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, who at least for now has avoided impeachment. That's still on the table, by the way. We discussed that last week. But he says that the whole thing, everything that's happening down the border, not his fault. That was interesting. And then usually these people lie to you, this administration, the different cabinet members who are there. So you'd expect when it comes to the economy that Janet Yellen would would try and spin up a tale about how things are going to be better. Nope, she just said prices aren't coming down anytime soon. <laughs> not not going to change. Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden oddly uh, posted a, a, well, we'll just show you when it's time, his dark Brandon image. It's on the, the thumbnail for today's episode, a devilish photo, which they labeled dark Brandon. We'll talk about it. We'll give a quick recap of the Tucker interview since it happened at the end of last week. You know, we don't do the shows on Friday. So we'll talk about that. There's some RFK stuff we're going to discuss. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl, some other just kind of odds and ends as we get into it, let's start it all now. Let's do the news cruise. So it's been a rough go for Joe Biden. Obviously, last week he did that surprise announcement, which was disastrous for him, for the country, for everyone. 
And it's led to, this speculation has been there forever, right? It's not just because of all the stuff last week and the report that came out from the special counsel with his mishandling of classified information, talking about how his memory's gone, how basically he's a dementia patient. It's not, it's not, it's not like it just started last week. We've all been talking about this. We've all seen and experienced what it's like to have someone who is not cognitively there running the country, running the country finger parents, of course. But Peter Ducey, who always asks good questions, the only one in the room, really, who asks good questions of Corrine Jean-Pierre, got into it and was asking her about who's helping Biden run the country. Here was the exchange. This was from Friday, by the way. Thank you, Corrine. If the special counsel says President Biden's got significant limitations on his memory, then who is helping him run the country? The president of the United States runs the country. The commander-in-chief runs the country. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes if... I, I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory. But just the little part of what we get to see, he's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week. So I want to be very clear here. Um, the reality is that report, that part of the report, does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is, is it, lying it is, about the president's it is, memory. It is. It is. It was gratuitous. You heard from my. You heard from Ian Sams, my colleague. Uh, it is unacceptable, and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts. And and look, it is a close case. That is what the special counsel said. And. What matters is here is that the president in the last three years has delivered on the economy, has delivered on health care, has turned this country around after the last president left us with an economy that was in a tailspin. That's what we were dealing with. That's what we were dealing with. If you think about the world leaders, world leaders and issues that have been going on in this country for the past two, three years, not in this country, in the world, right? When you think about Ukraine, the president was able to bring together NATO, NATO allies. They've been the strongest than they've ever been and make sure that we are providing what Ukraine, the brave people of Ukraine need as they're fighting aggression, uh, Putin's aggression. And that is what this president has, has been able to do. His, his experience as former senator, as former vice president, and now president, has gotten us to a place where we've been able to turn things around in a way that we meet the needs of the American people, whether it's domestic issues or national security issues. And that is uh, what matters. That part of the report does not live in reality. Bye, everybody. Have a All right. And then she walks off. Doesn't live in reality. It's just not accurate. But first of all, it does, it, and, and it is, in fact, accurate. Because even if you took away that report, which was super damning for Biden and this administration, because you have someone on their side saying it, even if you took that away, it, the, the, the conversation, the discussion, the awareness to, to point out and see that, hey, this guy has a problem, this guy is not well, that's that is reality we've all seen it and experienced it we don't have time to unpack every ridiculous thing she said there of course she makes it about about former president trump talking about how the economy's better now the economy's in have you looked around <laughs> record gas prices inflation yes it's come down but it's come down from the records that you set and it's still not good it, it, it's just remarkable how they can continue to say this and the, if, if i'm them 
and and they, I still think that they're they're possibly working on this behind the scenes. We've long said this, even before last week's report. If I'm them, I'm working on an exit solution for him so we can usher someone else in. But you've got – I mean, how do, you, how do you take yourself seriously? How do you get up there being her? I know that she's just a willing pawn who's just glad to be the token press secretary and have a job that, that seems like it's an interesting title. But how do you really get up there and continue to spew these lies? Because you're a soulless communist. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. The thing that I find very humorous about this is the report said that Joe Biden – mishandled classified documents he was guilty of felonies that most people who do have top secret uh clearance would be in jail for they would have an attorney and they would be talking about them surrendering <laughs> and going to jail and sending in serving a very lengthy sentence they don't the the thing with communists is they don't possess any kind of humanity to them because it's all about the party and what they're lacking here is gratitude the fact that joe is able to escape on multiple felonies it plays nothing into it they're getting mad at the fact they're calling it gratuitous and all these pieces of shit who get up in front and who have been talking about they all use the word gratuitous yeah when the fact of the matter is that they should be grateful that he wasn't being charged. So they're just trying to nitpick at something. It would be like if, you know, if I was driving home and, you know, I say I'd been drinking and I got pulled over and the officer who pulled me over and, and instead of arresting me decided to give me a ride home and that was going to be it. And the next day I got in front of cameras and I called the police department and I said, you know, I understand that I was driven home while I was drunk. I know I broke the law, but the officer didn't refer to me as sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, the, the, there's no gratitude whatsoever. It, it, there, you won't find gratitude in any Democrat. It's just not in their DNA. And maybe, you know, maybe a few here and there, but I wouldn't really call them Democrats. They're more middle of the road types, but you're, you're, your basic hardcore leftists that seem to be running the party now are devoid of that and devoid of a lot a lot of other characteristics that are just aren't relatable with the average person these people are just they're a weird they're a weird mutation of what humanity used to be and it's on display here it totally is well and, and that's a big thing i mean everyone of course talking about how how he's being called out as as being in cognitive decline significant again the the, the what's being suggested here we're not going to beat this dead horse because we talked about it a lot last week but what's being suggested isn't like he forgot to pick up three lemons at the grocery store like in in the breakup we're talking about when he served as vice president and the death of his son and when that occurred and then you have that individual go out and have an angry press conference or live address whatever we're calling it and proceed to forget and make tons of mistakes in it where he's defending his own honor and his own memory but lost in all of this not with all but lost with a lot of people that's a huge issue and should concern everyone and and as they have the whole time our enemies are absolutely taking note so are our allies but 
people are not talking as much as they should about how he should be charged. The fact that they're saying he's not going to be charged because of his <laughs> mental state. But you look at the, I mean, CNN, so many people on the other side have turned on him on this particular issue, shown pictures like, well, here they are in the garage. Here's this, here's him on record saying something different than he just said at the podium last week when he gave that address. So people, but there is, there's no gratitude and there's also no emphasis or focus on the fact that it, it, I used to have a really, really high security clearance. If I did even a fraction of what he did, I'm in Leavenworth for the rest of my life. Right. Well, it also, too, you know, when you talk about I was trying to think about the last time that we've seen somebody who was charged with something, but got in, got to court and the judge ruled that they didn't have the mental capacity to stand trial. And that person would be former porn star Ron Jeremy. So Ron Jeremy and Joe Biden are now in the same category. But also, too, it's not up for for an investigator or prosecutor to decide if they're going to charge somebody based on what they think a jury would decide would decide right. in, the, in rendering a verdict. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, we're speculating and, and presuming that the jury is going to feel and or think yeah. this way. <laughs> Since when has that ever been a consideration? Uh, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Let's continue with ridiculous. Let's stay in the land of absurdity here for a little bit and show this clip from Meet the Press where DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was on there, and he said that we're basically not responsible for what's happening down at the border. Take a listen. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. I mean, people, you, it's a, okay, it's a broken system. Our border's always been an issue. I, I will agree to elements of that conversation, not how you're saying it, Mayorkas, but elements of that. We've always had some issues down there. But as it pertains to this administration, you being, look, at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's multiple people, but the two that everyone looks at for who's responsible are the so-called president. I know he's not really running anything, but who's, who's the commander-in-chief? And then in this case, who is running the department that oversees the border and border enforcement operations? That's you, buddy. And moreover, as has been the case with all of Biden's rhetoric as of late and what Mayorkas just said there, look, we're doing the best we can. If this is up to Congress, this is up to someone else, passing the buck to someone else. You guys have controlled everything. And going back to you don't control the House right now, really. On paper, you don't, but damn sure kind of still do but you, you you go back to the beginning when you guys came into office and the border was opened up by you and we've seen these record numbers which is obviously all very intentional and purposeful they know exactly what they're doing and they know why they're doing it but you guys had all the control to do anything and everything you wanted to day one because you know what you controlled everything white house congress senate house of rep senate 
Right. They're they're acting like, you know, in some states that have, have passed uh, le the legalization of marijuana. Okay, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve when you, you know, legalize an intoxicant. Can you do it in public? Uh, what what are going to be the penalties if you're driving in your car and you get into an accident is determined that you're under the influence of an intoxicant? You know, how's that going to play out? So, yeah, I can understand if, you know, you're, you're going through that. There's a bit of a learning curve there. But when you're dealing with the border and the laws have been on the books for 250 years, it's not something that's just out of the blue. Right. You guys open the border. My orcas and your boss open the border. That's what you did by not enforcing any of the rules of immigration that are already on the books. And to say that it's going to take Congress to be able to, to rectify this problem is one of the most disingenuous things that you can say. All they want Congress to do is to grant amnesty and keep the borders open. That's their ultimate goal. That's what they want. And this is what happens when you go along with Democrats, the Communist Party. Are, there's no compromising them with them. The Democrats right now are like terrorists. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Whatever they want, you give them the middle finger, and that's it. And Republicans are too big of wussies to fight back because a lot of them are on the same team. There, there's no difference between Chuck Schumer and, and Mitch McConnell other than the fact that, you know, Mitch freezes. They both have, you know, they, they both believe in the same things. They both believe in centralized power within D.C. and making the rules for the rest of the peasant class. Yeah. No, they do. They are, they, they are exactly the same thing. No two ways about it. Well, let's stick with, let's, let's continue with this administration here for a second. Then we're going to get to Joe's odd tweet last night. But she had Senator Kennedy, who was asking Janet Yellen about the economy. And as I was alluding to earlier, you'd think that there would be kind of like some some fluff around it. But she, she said in her response here, and you'll hear it, that she doesn't expect prices to go down. Let's listen to the exchange, then we'll discuss. These high prices caused by Bidenomics are here to stay, aren't they? Well, the high, high prices were not caused by Bidenomics. Um, we suffered a pandemic that resulted in severe dislocations. Yes, ma'am, but if I could ask you, they're here to stay, aren't they? I don't expect the level of prices to go down. So encouraging. Yes. And once again, this is the pandemic's fault. Everything is the pandemic's fault. The economy, you name it, all of it, our security, the border, your uncle's hemorrhoid problem, all of it. Pandemic. It's all Janet Yellen's haircut. Janet Yellen's golly. I'll I'll take another <laughs> pandemic if if we can do something to fix that that rug. That's <laughs> that's just yeah. everybody in this reg regime is just totally disgusting. You know, you you look. We just played that clip with Mayorkas. Mayorkas is somebody that you would like to pop at a pimple. He he, he you know he he has the he embodies everything that a weak man is. Yeah, he's just a you know he he's this guy. Hey man, whatever whatever hole you want to put it in, go ahead. I'm, I'll do what I'm told. <laughs> you know that's how he comes across. And Janet Yellen is. She is your alcoholic grandmother 
who believes that she's a psychic median. That's that's how she comes across. And she has this belief in some, you know, economic system that just doesn't exist and has never existed. And what they're going for is the Great Reset, where they, they can totally destroy the economy and then usher in a centralized bank. Yeah. That's all this is. 100%. Because... The only uh, we talk about it all the time we won't go down this but, but the only way that you have this many things go this badly is when you're just that sick that devious and you want things to go this badly it's by design so you can do it by by design whether it's usher in which they're doing central bank digital currency whether it's open the border to overhaul not just the voting block but how our country actually looks and operates to all of it. I mean, none of it. Whether it's natural resources here, you name it, energy independence. The only reason you do what you're doing now and then lie, boldface lies about it, is if you are trying to do all of it and and overhaul everything that we know or once knew to be this country. It's 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 astonishing and the it, Anyways, let's let's move on from it because because some of it kind of ties into this next conversation. This is not what I think that Joe's intern was trying to to say, but that's kind of what we think. So the Super Bowl is going on last night. It finishes. This this tweet came out at ten fifty from Joe Biden. You can see it here on the screen. His account. His account. <laughs> Sorry, from his account. Joe doesn't even know how to log into his account, but. Joe Biden's X profile put up this just like we drew it up. And then you've got Biden in darkness. This reminds me of his speech, his Fuhrer speech that he gave. But he's got that and he's got the red eyes. Just like we drew it up. Which to me, you look at, by the way, the, the next the next tweet, when you see alt in the lower left, like you do there, ALT, the, it's like an alternate description or whatever on, on Twitter. They put it out. They called it Dark Brandon. You can see it here. Image description, Dark Brandon, as listed or described by by the White House or Biden's... Whoever posted whoever. the photo, yes. So you, you, you've got this image as the country is, is on fire. Everything is breaking. Very purposefully. It's very purposely breaking because of what they're trying to do as you usher in Marxism to this country. And you think, ah, oh, it sounds crazy. No, it's not. Understand how this has worked and operated everywhere else. Understand what these people have said they want, and then look at the playbook and you'll, you'll be, I'll tell you where you're gonna be devastated is when you look at, we've done the list a couple times. When you look at the check boxes that you need to accomplish to usher in that kind of change and you see how many have been checked here. But <clears throat> you look at this, and I know it's supposed to be a cute play on the Super Bowl, but that's not how the American people take it. No, I could, to me it comes across as one is demonic, but what it was intended to do was a troll because a lot of people on the right believe, and there are also some people who are not really on the left because the left, the far left, the lunatic communists, they're... The, they're they're hopeless they're lost they're not even really worth discussing but what they're doing is they're trolling people who think that the nfl is rigged and moreover they think that 
by introducing Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey together since Taylor Swift had supported Brandon back in 2020 that she's going to do it again. But now, now that she's has the platform of the NFL, she's going to be able to sway more people coming over to help out Joe Biden. And the troll is the people on the right who think that, and some people on the left thinking that the NFL is rigged and the only reason why tra that the only reason why t uh taylor swift is dating travis kelsey is to expand this uh expand her her reach of people to turn them into votes for joe biden but what i really find funny about this are the communists embracing this whole dark brandon thing because this whole dark brandon thing came from the chant of fuck joe biden that turned into oh i think they're saying let's go brandon yeah. <laughs> you know so he's now become branded and so they're embracing what was a put down right you know into oh he's some kind of a you know devilish superhero now it's not he, he what they've done is they they've made him this whole dark brandon character into a caricature it, it's a very unserious unfunny kind of you know, Joe Biden's a husk of a human being now, so they're just trying to like create this persona or this alter ego form, yeah. and it's actually kind of pathetic. But it was it was the communist way to have to to make a you know come up with some sort of troll that would cause more chaos within you know the right side of politics. And for the most part, they're doing a good job because there are a lot of people on the right who are like, you know, fuck the NFL, fuck Taylor Swift. And it's like, Taylor Swift right now, like it or not, is a cultural icon. Yeah. So for to divide Taylor Swift as just, oh, she's on the left and people on the right can't like her either, it, it, that's a huge mistake. And to go that hard to the hoop over somebody who may or may not be dating somebody for the right reasons i do have my suspicions about travis kelsey considering the types of women that he's dated in his past and taylor swift really doesn't fit into that category which is a bit odd but she is a billionaire so you know depend love her money you know but it, it, it was a troll yeah well it was a troll that failed and, and I, I just i understand what they're trying to do but with everything that's happening in our country how how Few people respect 76, I think 76, 77 percent don't want him to run for a second term. Don't think he's fit to run for a second term. That's across Republicans, Democrats, everyone. So trying to make him into something he's not <clears throat> is is one thing and, and a colossal failure. But then the other thing is, is our country, even though we're going down a treacherous path now, our country has been was founded on on spiritual values too there was a biblical element to it right faith was an important piece it's way less important than it should be now but then to just put this out the optics of it it just doesn't resonate you look at that picture you don't look at that and and think something positive no you think about you know all these occult references that we're seeing now in pop culture we can talk about you know i spice or yeah, yeah i spice and, you know, there's thoughts that she's wearing, you know, an inverted cross. 
but she is definitely throwing up the devil horns when she was in the box, yeah. you know. And there, there, we we see all kinds of this satanic symbolism, and it, it's in your face. I mean, we saw in Iowa, and the, you know that guy's now being charged with a hate crime for for destroying, you know, the uh, the the satanic uh, altar or whatever right. it was in the Iowa State House. But we're you know we're see, was it uh, Nas X in his videos where he goes down to hell and he's given you know Satan a lap dance we're seeing it everywhere and you know it, there's a lot of people especially in my community who do believe wholeheartedly that our government and the elites you know are are really heavily into witchcraft and sorcery and in the worship of satan and this does nothing to alleviate those concerns all it does is make the people in my community feel like they're right and i would have to say in you know some of these circles with these global elites i would agree that they're really into some dark shit they, absolutely no i i think they are too i i don't disagree with that one bit i, I it just it it blows my mind how bad their messaging is and and that kind of leads us to this next thing here because whoever's in charge of of their twitter game is is and, and just their messaging writ large needs to be put in timeout because they also put out this video today obviously the minority vote is is important always is trump gaining traction there he was in 2020 as well gaining traction to minority communities the black community the hispanic communities and biden who has always been awful to minority communities particularly the black community him and his team obviously he didn't think this he just sat there and and took drugs however he takes them orally rectally or what have you and then did this commercial or this this video this spot it's not a commercial but this this is the white house's latest attempt to garner support with the black community take a look oh man you got chicken fingers you got oh, oh i want the room making sure i had some hamburger so tell me about you guys what you doing these days why don't you share about your passion in sports i'm playing aau basketball right now are you really in books are you guard yes sir now what grade are you seventh grade seventh grade right now i'm just doing basketball playing guard on the jv team for my school all right about the school how y'all doing in school you should tell the president about the school everything about it is the business academy i'm in we get to like travel, so we've been to like NC State, uh, Wake Tech, and we, we, yeah, we went to this small dry cleaning business, and it's just it's cool. It's a great experience. Yeah, impressive. Is that a new program for school? Yes, sir. It is. It just started just a couple of years ago. You know how much this guy loves you. You just feel it, can't you? Yes, sir. Your dad jumped in front of the bull for you. By the way, we dad's hard to raise once you're a teenager. A swing and a miss. <laughs> Look, they seem like great kids. I'm sure they're a great family. They were u- used in this video in what is totally a swing and a miss. Let's prove that he's relatable and great for the black community. Let's sit him down. By the way, I want all of that food right now because I'm freaking starving. Let's sit him down. Let's give the black folk chicken. Joe, you're going to eat a hamburger. And we're going to we're going to make it seem 
like we're on the right team. What? What? Who came up with this? Can you imagine sitting around the West Wing storyboarding? All right, how do we get the how do we get the black vote? Everyone just found out more assuredly so that the sitting president has dementia. So we need to get past that little hiccup. But how, in addition to that m massive speed bump, do we figure out how to get the minority vote? I got it. We're going to sit them down with a black family. Yes. And they're just going to have a very disjointed, forced, and awkward conversation. But make it look casual. Yes. What should we have them eat? Um, hmm. It's got to be fast food because it got, it's got to look working class. Um, I know. Chicken tenders. Yeah, but Joe doesn't like chicken tenders. Okay, he can have a hamburger then. All right, so what should they talk about? Well, they are black, so um, you have to talk about basketball. You know, I mean, come on. It, yeah. It's like it, they, they cast all these people, and you're going to have, and, and the kids in this, you're going to say that they play basketball. It's just another stereotype. It, it's unbelievable to me that the left always falls into stereotyping everybody. What I'm really surprised is the kids, the boys, seem to be both straight. And I'm also doubly surprised that the white or Asian wife didn't walk in and grandma didn't come rolling in in a wheelchair just to make sure all the bases, bases were covered. Are, yeah. But it's the, the stereotyping that is always done on the left, is just, it, it's, it's horrific. <laughs> well, the stereotyping and the outright racism. Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, you go back to, uh, I think it was Georgia, but it was, it's was it been in multiple states where you talk about these these people, you can't expect them to show ID when they're voting. Like, yeah. like don't you can't expect them to secure and maintain and not lose voter <laughs> identification. I mean, they literally were saying... Black people are dumb, careless, and and just lose shit all the time. Obviously, that's not true, but that's what their messaging said when they were pushing back against, in, in, you know, instituting voter identification for oh, I don't know, pretty damn important elections. We can't expect them to do that. <laughs> do you understand how racist you are? I know you do because you're awful people, but 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 do you understand how? You missed the mark there with your messaging. You you totally let the cat out of the bag and just told everyone how dumb and irresponsible you think minority community members are. Well, and also, too, I don't think that this helps with, oh, he, he's mentally there. This reminds me of a conversation when I was younger with my grandfather, my great-grandfather, where they're like, hey, you haven't seen each other in a while. Tell him, tell him what you're doing. And the kid's like, uh, I don't know. And then, the, and then the parents, just like he did there, drive hey tell them about the sports you're doing or tell them about the school uh, oh yeah i play basketball well you know it's it's biden's not there he's just there enjoying the meal and, and trying to listen to the conversation but he doesn't really know that he's there no they're, they're just props everything in there is a prop this reminds this is just, just as disingenuous as kamala with her you'll be able to see craters with your own eyes <laughs> how cool is that you know, it's just every time that I see this, I could just see, I could picture the 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 pitch meeting that's going on. Of course, there's proper representation with everybody in there, but it's always led by some like weak ass shit lib who is going to come up with these stupid themes and say, you know what, 
this is what we're going with. It's really going to resonate with, you know, the uh, with African-American voters. And, you know, it will, it's our way of reaching out to them. And it, all it is is pandering and it's pandering in the most racist way possible. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's missing is, you know, like grape knee high or something to put on there. It's yeah. just it's really it's disgusting. It really is. It really is, but that was that was those were his his two latest. I'm sure there were some others in between, but those were two two tweets worth mentioning, worth discussing. The dark Brandon one, and then this this monstrosity of a, of a video. Uh, <clears throat> let's do this. I wanted to. We didn't get to. So at the end of last week, we didn't do a show Thursday night because Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin released at six. So. I want to show we're not going to show the whole thing obviously it's two hours but after the fact Tucker did kind of a quick recap where he gave five takeaways his from his optic his view five takeaways from the Putin interview this is kind of a long clip but if you haven't watched the full two-hour thing I encourage you to find some time to do it because it really is fascinating and I think it's always as we mentioned uh going into it last week and then I did on some some mammoth videos this weekend as well. I think it's important that you hear all sides, right? That's just what reasonable people do. It doesn't mean that you're taking the side of of Vladimir Putin. That's not what anyone's suggesting. But you're you're going to listen to where everyone's coming to. Anyways, Tucker's five takeaways from the Putin interview. This is it. Watch the clip, then we'll discuss. A couple of quick perceptions. One, um, Putin is not someone who does a lot of interviews. Well, really any interviews. He's done an interview in almost four years. Um, he's not good at explaining himself, I didn't think. He's smart. There's no, I'm just, no question about that. Um, but he's clearly spending a lot of time in a world where he doesn't have to explain himself. So he, I, uh, sort of piecing, to, that's one reason I'm having trouble thinking about the interview as a whole, because he didn't sort of lay out his case very coherently, though, if you listen carefully, and we were there for a long time talking to him, a couple of things rose to the surface. One, he's very wounded, and I suggest this, but of course he denied it, but it's obvious he's very wounded by the rejection of the West. The United States doesn't like Russia. The U.S. government doesn't like Russia. I think like a lot of Russians, he expected the end of the Cold War would be sort of Russia's invitation into Europe or sort of into Europe because it is a European country that's half in Asia. Uh, but there's a lot that's European about it. And if you come to Moscow, it's a very European city. You see it and you can feel it culturally. Um, and the West rejected Russia. And maybe, you know, I'm not even taking sides in this. Maybe there were good reasons. I don't know what they, what they would be. But, um, but in case the West was determined not to be allied with Russia, that's very obvious. That's the whole point of NATO, I guess is to contain Russia. Um, and Putin is wounded, but he's very upset about it. His eyes flashed uh, when we talked about that, as we did, you know, for probably over an hour. Um, he didn't have a coherent theory that he was willing to tell me anyway as to why that is. Um, Russia's not an expansionist power. Sorry. You're not supposed to say that because all the Tory and New Orleans and all the liars and the ideologues who run the State Department... Um, want to make him into this, you know, Hitler, Imperial Japan. But the truth is that that's just false. It's just stupid, actually. You have to be an idiot to think that. Russia's too big already. It's the biggest landmass in the world. They only have 150 million people. And they've got, you know, 80-some effectively provinces or semi-independent states 
but different nationalities and religions and languages. And I mean, imagine managing all that. They've got more than enough natural resources. They're, they're swimming in natural resources. They don't have enough people in their view. So the idea that they want to take over Poland, why would you want to do that? Um, they just want secure borders. Maybe they're too paranoid about it. Totally possible. Again, not taking sides. But the idea that they're going to roll into Vienna or something, you'd have to be like an idiot to think that. It's just not true. There's no evidence of it, actually. And the professional liars in Washington really don't know anything about the area or really anything about the world beyond New York have convinced themselves or I think is trying to convince you that this guy's Hitler and he's trying to take the Sudan land or something. It's like not analogous in any way. Whatever Putin's many faults, okay, um, it's not an expansionist power. So uh, I can't even recall my point exactly other than he is, to the extent he's angry and that it's obvious, he's angry because he feels like, whoa, why, you know, I thought we were going to be friends. Um, and again, maybe that's his fault, but he's definitely mad about it. Uh, and the second thing I would say, which I thought was kind of, kind of really striking, is that he was willing to admit that he wants a peace deal in Ukraine um, and sort of give it away and just sort of say that out loud. He said it a couple of different times. Again, maybe he's lying in ways I didn't perceive, but he kept saying it. I, mean, I don't know why he would say it if he didn't mean it. Um, and of course, there is, as a matter of fact, uh, there is evidence overwhelming that there was a peace deal or part of a peace deal at the beginning of peace talks, a settlement of some sort on the table a year and a half ago that the former prime minister of Great Britain, Boris Johnson, scuttled on behalf of the Biden administration and convinced Zelensky and the Ukrainian government not to enter into these talks. I mean, that's kind of an established fact. The Israelis were there. They revealed this. And that happened. So, but Putin, for his part, again, you know, even talking about Putin, you feel like you're flacking for Putin. I'm from La Jolla, California. I'm not flacking for Putin. I'm, you know, please. Um, I'm just trying to assess this rationally. Uh, it's interesting that he's willing to say, yeah, I want some kind of settlement. And the final thing I'll say is that if you're wondering who the lunatics are, um, U.S. officials have said on the record and have said to me um, and are telling a bunch of people that part of the terms have to be Russia giving up Crimea. And without getting into the whole history of Crimea, um, here are the facts. It's, you know, the home of Russia's warmer fleet. It's got a Russian population. They had a referendum. It chose Russia. Uh, it's part of Russia. It's where Russian wine comes from. Um, so you could like that or not like it. But the fact is Putin would, would go to war, nuclear war, if it came down to Crimea. So if, and by the way, Crimea was in Russian hands at the beginning of this war. So it's like if you really think that a condition of peace is that Putin's going to give up Crimea, then you're um, you're like a lunatic, and and they are. I mean, they want a weak leadership in Russia, and the question is, why would you want that? How is that good for the United States? I'm not defending Russia. I'm defending my own country. A weak central government in a nation with the world's largest nuclear stockpile is insane especially a country as large and potentially fractious with this many languages, ethnicities, religions, 20% Muslim population, you're just going to sort of let the nuclear stockpile float free and hope the best thing happens? You're a freaking nutcase if you, if you desire that. And we are run by nutcases. The president and that poisonous moron, Toria Newland, oh, we're going to depose Putin. Well, then what happens? 
What happened in Libya when we deposed and allowed, you know, Gaddafi to be murdered? What happened in Iraq when we brought Saddam to justice? Those countries fell apart and they've never been rebuilt again. In Afghanistan, we took out the central government and they came back. It's still run by the Taliban. So our track record of knocking out the leader, which is very easy to do, is uh, spotty at best. Things don't always get better. And to do that to Russia, you know, the largest landmass in the world with the largest nuclear arsenal, like, you're on drugs if you think that's a good All right, so a good little recap there by, by Tucker. I... I... You know, I, I, again, I encourage you to watch the whole thing. I think it was fa it's fascinating. Did you get the whole, through the whole thing? Yes. I, I think it is, and, and I've seen some people comment here. You know, he, he did a caveat, Tucker did, before the interview that, he, that, that Putin goes on this long diatribe. He called it a 30-minute history lesson. It was really more like the first hour. But, <laughs> but I, I find it super fascinating. I think, I, I think it was an interesting part. And, I mean, literally, you've, you've got, as a point of reference... You've got Putin, who went on that, explained everything historically that led up to this. How, how all these alliances, how all these wars, how everything happened, how you got to where you are now, where these people hate each other. We think that's ours. They think this is theirs, yada, yada. Our guy doesn't remember when he was vice president <laughs> or when his son died could you imagine biden trying to explain the history of the united states <laughs> i mean it would be absolutely and in fairness he's the worst but like our country our country and our culture is just kind of that way right like we're not great about history we're not great about i'm not saying some of you in the audience aren't don't get your panties in a bunch but but collectively speaking we're not good about this. Culturally speaking, over there, there's a lot of them that are. I've got friends who are Serbian and places like that. And I'll tell you what, you get them drunk and don't, you don't have to ask the questions. They'll just tell you the history on their own. But they, they all know that. And this guy did this. And then these guys came together and they did this. And that was in year 200. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a long night. And, <laughs> yeah. and they go on and on. But they know it. It's just it's deep within them, right? We don't have that. We have people who don't even know how many states there are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's sadly true. It's sadly true. But this, it was a good recap. It was a fascinating, fascinating interview. Uh, Chaos, I think it was, said that she's watched it twice already, keeps learning more. Again, everyone, everyone on the left and even those on some on the right who are who are saying that you're you're shilling for Putin if you if you watch this and support Tucker. No, no, no. Tucker's critical of, of Putin. Tucker pressed him on certain issues there. This is just what we call journalism. I know, it's, I know it sounds crazy, but this is just journalism, understanding both sides. Sometimes there's obviously there's more than two. There's a lot going on, but understanding the psyche of where they are and, and, and not just where they are and how things are now, but where things could go because everyone keeps talking about how he's this expansionist power and they're going to come in here, they're going to roll through Poland, they're going to roll through Germany, they're going to roll through all these places. And as we've all speculated for a long time and a lot of others have too, and Putin said, it's like, no, why would I do that? I love the part, by the way, in the interview, which Tucker doesn't bring up there, about where uh, Tucker asked him about Nord Stream. 
Oh, yeah. That, that was great. <laughs> you did. Yes. Totally priceless. I know. I remember we did a show the day that we did that blew up we were doing the show. And it's like, I was like, this is so obvious that we did this. And, but then it started, the whole story started getting better and better with the, the, the Ukrainians who went to Germany and rented the yacht. And there was three of them. Well, as he says, I mean, look, this makes it sound like we're siding with him on this, but this is pretty obvious for, for anyone who's paying even just a little bit of, of, of attention. But the way he broke it down was, look, there's two things. Who's interested in doing it? And then to whittle, whittle that list down even further, in this case, very far down, who's capable of doing it? You got to have those two things. Right. That's what we had talked about. And we did. Like, yeah. It's like, one. okay, who can, who can dive down to 250 feet? How much support would you need? Because, you know, there's a lot of stop, you know, uh, decompression stops that you have to take if you're not in a submersible. It, 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 okay. So you, you, the window starts getting smaller and smaller, starting with the, with the depth. How do you find a pipeline that's under a seabed floor, right. <laughs> you know? And then, and then that window starts getting smaller. And then who, who is able to plant underwater explosives? So now we're talking a window that is like this. <laughs> well, we've, uh, we've broken it down to 12 individuals, yeah. all American citizens. Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. No, it's, it, it was fascinating. It really was good. Um, but the problem that we have now in, in with journalism is we there isn't any journalism other than independence, like you get on X and other in other spots, especially on social media. The the corporate media are just propagandists. They have been right. captured by big pharma, big business, who have in turn been captured or have captured government officials. So whatever the party line for the Uniparty is going to be. That's what they're going to stick to. Yeah. Do you notice that you never see any stories about the adverse effects of the COVID shot or anything like that? You know, Pfizer is a sponsor for CNN during Anderson Cooper's show. So you're not going to get any kind of, of unbiased journalism from the so-called journalists. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Thankfully, we've got at least one left. Uh, okay, let's let's transition to our question of the day, which is this. Obviously, last night was the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But my question is this. I know some of you didn't watch it, which kind of takes you out of this question. I didn't think that overall they were great. There have been years where they were worse and more woke and radicalized. There were still some of that going on last night, too. But the question is this. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial last night? Again, I'll say, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial last night as you guys are sending your responses in? Tom, I'm going to start with you. You know what? I, I can't say I had a favorite one. I, the only thing that I can say is I think that the RFK Jr. was the most effective, and I think that the one that scared me the most was Homes.com. And yeah. this whole system that they're implementing where they're going to start raiding your neighborhood, it's just, it, it's way too, 
it, it goes back into that, you know, of conditioning everybody. You know, you're rated with Uber, you're rated with this, you have a credit rating, and now your neighborhood's being ra- is being rated. Right. So does that mean that if you live in a subpar neighborhood that you're not going to get law enforcement help, you're not going to get fire service, you're not going to get, you know, EMS in a timely timely fashion? I think that 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 one freaked me out the most and i hate that company right now i will never do anything with them just based solely on that commercial okay spirited answer from tom yeah. cunningham spirited answer yeah. okay I'm, I'm going with the state farm one with arnold the okay. neighbor that was just, it was kind of just because it was fun yeah All right and they brought dane devito in there at the end i thought that was a great little you know I just thought they were so hokey. Oh yeah, I, they were, but it, I just—it was just like it, it was just so gag. I'm always, I'm always a fan when people make fun of themselves, and yeah, so with him, Arnold you know. just is like, I don't know. He that whole screw your freedom. Oh screw no, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm a fan of Arnold. I'm just saying I feel like they did a good job with that, and it was got some laughs. Yeah. And it was more traditional, old school Super Bowl commercial. You know, before our country really started to spiral out of control, uh, I, I didn't think it was an amazing one either. I, I, I think I agree. I think the most impactful one we're going to talk about in a little bit is the RFK commercial. But just just because it was more in line with kind of the old school stuff, I would say my favorite, where I at least got a little chuckle, not a laugh, but just a little chuckle, was probably the Dunkin' Donuts one, just because Matt Damon's character in that, where he was clearly disappointed that he had to do it, and then. Conversely, Tom Brady, who was super into his role, <laughs> I, I thought that one was pretty good. I mean, Tom uh, Brady was in like four different commercials. He was. Tom Brady makes a lot of money. Yeah. He does. God bless him for uh, it. <clears throat> By the way, side point, as you guys are sending your answers in, I watched a lot of the 30 for 30s are really good. Oh, yeah. There's some really great documentaries. Gosh, they do a good job. I mean, yeah. and I was sitting, and that's kind of my thing on Saturday morning. <clears throat> Because that's really kind of my only morning where I just have nothing going on. You know, there's no work stuff. There's a lot of times there's kids basketball games or football games or whatever. But this Saturday, I, I was free and clear in the morning. And I watched the one on the tuck rule. Have you seen that one? I think it's pretty recent. No, I haven't. From It's the tuck rule from, you know, the, the Patriots Raiders game. The, right. infam- the infamous play there. Where Charles was, you got two Michigan players. Charles Woodson knocks right. the ball out of Brady's. It's coming forward. And they get together at Tom's house. I think it's the one that he was renting from Jeter first. Maybe it's his, maybe it's his new one that's his now. I don't know. But him and Charles are sitting together on the couch going through the whole thing. They've got their, you know, the, the not a regular clicker. It's what, I don't know what we call them. It was what we'd use in like a film room for football, you know, where it's a little bit more intuitive. But Anyways, they're sitting there going through it, jiving each other, busting each other's balls as two Michigan guys and friends. But then there's all the, the side stuff talking about it. And it, it was really well done, like a lot of them are. But it was also just fun, you know, the, the bullshitting and, and all the stuff that went on there. And you think about it. And, and Tom said this. If, if that play doesn't stand as an incomplete pass, they, the Patriots don't go on to win the Super Bowl that year, his first and honestly, he's the guy who's lost the game for them at that point. And Drew Bledsoe's probably back in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it, beyond the rule itself and the, the controversy of the call. It's like that launched him into 
not to say that he didn't earn it. Tom's Tom's amazing. But that launched him. It propelled him and gave him the ability to then start down the path of becoming the greatest of all time. I think there are a lot of moments like that for professional athletes. You know, I, I think of uh, Joe Montana in, in the chicken soup game where he had the flu and came back and beat Houston. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, when he was at Carolina and hit the game-winning shot when he was a freshman. Yep. I think I think little – I they're, they're not little things, but I think instances like that just, like, put you on a trajectory trajectory where you you become unstoppable at that point yeah no i agree and you're right there are a lot of moments like that but i had never i had never thought of of that particular i remember i was actually in new york city watching that game in manhattan and we'll never forget that that the scene was just amazing in the first place but then but then you you fast forward and you're watching this and you you think about it it's like oh wow this is this is crazy. Red, white, and blue, by the way, is going Dunkin' Donuts. A lot of people saying they didn't watch them uh, or they're going to have to – Barb said, I'm going to have to phone a friend. Uh, you know, is what it is. Yeah, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one was was pretty good. But let's do this. Let's let's kind of stay on this trend here. Let's talk about last night. Let's, let's, do, um, let's do some sports stuff, which we've kind of already been discussing with this, this random sidebar conversation on the ESPN's 30 for 30 on, on uh, the tuck rule, which you should check out. But let's do sports. All right, so to the actual game itself last night. For those of you who watched, for those of you, whether you watched or didn't watch, it was a hell of a game. It really was a hell of a game. It's only the second Super Bowl to go into overtime. You know, everyone kept asking, "Who do you, who do you want to win? Who who do you?" It's like I don't, I really don't have a dog in this fight. I don't care. I think they're probably the two best teams to be here. You know, if, if, if the Ravens had played better and, and they were there, it would, I think either way, that it, it needed to be the Chiefs-Niners or the Niners-Ravens for, for the best possible game. So I just wanted it to be a good, close football game that kept my attention and the American people's attention the whole time. And to go to overtime, I think it checks that box. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was good. You know, some people not happy that the Chiefs won again. Some people obviously thrilled that the Chiefs won again. I know there's folks in the audience here who feel that way. But my, my take was we got a damn good football game that even blocked. If, even if it was softly scripted. <laughs> even if certain people think it was softly scripted. I'm telling you, that blocked PAT came back to, to really yeah. bite you. Yeah, changed the game. Chain, changes everything. And Jake Moody, another Michigan guy. So obviously we love him around these parts. Three for three, drilled two from fifty plus. But you, you that you know, low, kind of a low start on that kick. Yeah, he holds the record he now on the longest kicked in a Super Bowl. Well, he did for a couple minutes, and then Butker yeah, kicked the longer yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so now Butker holds it. But, um, but it really, I mean, it was it was a close game, and more importantly, the bigger issue here is is not who won or lost. The bigger issue I see is now we enter the darkest time of the year <laughs> Bro, we got the xfl or the ufl coming up this is the time where we enter the darkest <laughs> time of the year. I'm just what about hockey we got we got, we got jumbo shrimp we've got we do have the jumbo shrimp uh we need to go to a game but uh, the baseball i love baseball baseball season's long you're not going to sit there and watch 162 games you watch as many as you can you watch the ones that matter to you yes and then you make you make your rounds for the playoffs same with hockey hockey's a long season I don't sit there and watch every Minnesota Wild game. If they're on, I watch them. 
well, by the way, we were playing your team there, and I was like, this game's so awful. Literally the two two worst teams it's, in the yeah, Central Division. It was not but, fun to watch. But <clears throat> but that's that. I mean, I'm more excited about the draft in April <laughs> than I am what what we have coming now. I hope the UFL surprises us, and I hope it provides some. Well, you just have to you have to get it in your mind where you got to be like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. You just can't go into it and go, this is trash. I'm not going to watch it. Well, here, here's my I was talking about this with my oldest brother the other day. Here's my problem with that, because I, I am and I'm going to try it again. And I try it every year, whether it's the XFL, the USFL, both of them. Now they're merged into the UFL, whatever I try. But I need that energy and passion. There really isn't much energy coming from the crowd. There's because there's usually no crowd. There's other than St. Louis. St. Well, Louis always has great crowds. And and the Washington team actually, at least I don't know how they did last year, but historically they the um I forget what they're called DC the whatever the red and white I know that they've they've done okay because they put themselves into they played uh, in a soccer stadium where it's smaller so it was easier to make it feel like there's a lot of people there. But when you when you get on there, and the, the defenders, just, huh? The defenders, yes, yeah. And there's just no enthusiasm or excitement, and and there's not a can't you can't hide in any of the shots how empty the place is. Like, well, if you guys don't care, then I don't care. Because right. if if I just want to watch football and break down plays and film because I have a sickness and a disease, I'll watch other games. I'll wait for, for all the college spring games to start because they put those on TV now or you can find them on the different sites, and I'll watch that and evaluate rosters. And, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll scratch the itch how I can, and I'd love them to be successful. I hope that they are successful. I just they, They've proven that they can't. We're bankrupt. We're bankrupt. Do you guys want to be bankrupt together? Yeah, let's do it. What if they pumped in uh, like the audience stuff like they did in uh, or no, the, like no. like they did during COVID? That, that was some <laughs> ass shit during COVID. No, it's it's funny because when I was working, I can see the stands. They're right there. There's no one there. When I was working the MLS circle, uh, the bubble that they had, I remember getting texts from people like the crowd's getting really feisty. Like, isn't it loud there for you? I'm like, no, there's. That's like, just all. Around, like, like I'm the only one here. Like, I can't hear that. They don't pump it into the st- into the field. It's just for the people at home, so they don't feel like they're watching a kids' soccer game. You know. I do. I do want to. I don't know if we've talked about this here, or if this was just a brother conversation too. I do think that at some point, since since gambling has gotten so much more prevalent, I, I would like to get gambling and betting involved in youth youth. It's only a matter of time. Games. It's only oh, a matter of for time. sure. Like, and I think here's how you do it. I think that you have nice facilities and centers, probably just in the nicer part of towns that homes.com will give a higher rating to because they can afford it. <laughs> but you have, you have, you know, indoor gyms for basketball, volleyball, your hockey rink, build big ass buildings and then put a big ass bar with TVs and stuff in the center. So you can be betting on kids games around and also betting on, <laughs> on adult games and the perfect and, and spot for gambling pedophile <laughs> <laughs> bring all the kids to one central location yeah what could go wrong well, you have, have arcade games. You're like, we're gonna need to leave the kids here overnight assumed a little too much over there unescorted men by hey, i tell you what bro we tried a uh this is this is local news sorry but just because tom hasn't been here we tried a um just what looks like a dump chinese place up in mayport had it delivered. It was actually pretty damn good. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, let's get let's get back on track. 
So the, the game was pretty good. But but during the game, uh, I think this is worth noting. You had a commercial, and we're not going to show it because we don't want to get dinged, but you had a commercial about RFK Jr.'s campaign, and it was honestly pretty damn good. It was pretty on spot in terms of the messaging, but he later apologized for it. I know. I was like, bro, really? Like, which I don't I don't get. He put out two tweets. One seemed to kind of endorse it, and then, and then there's this one here that apologize you can see on the screen this came out at 11:37 last night after the game he said i'm so sorry if the super bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain the ad was created and aired by the american value super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign fec rules prohibit super PACs from consulting with me or my staff i love you all god bless you bro it was honestly maybe the best commercial of the night and again i, I I, that's not me saying I'm voting for the guy, but I thought it was a good little commercial with good messaging, kind of good themes, stood out as a baller move. Like, who's this dude who's running for president who's got an ad during the Super Bowl right. where ads cost $7 million? Uh, between that and then just the name recognition that he has being a Kennedy, I thought it was a pretty good play. I wouldn't apologize for shit, RFK. I thought I, I kind of sat back, was like, job well done. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I thought it was a very astute ad, and I thought it whoever decided to well create the 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 spot itself was, was genius. Yeah, and whoever decided you know to put it in the Super Bowl, it was, it was it, from start to finish, it was a, it was a good ad. It, it you know it was on point, on target, and like you said, it left you with oh okay. Right. You know, I've never really thought about RFK. You know, if you if you don't follow politics like the way that we do and folks in the audience, you wouldn't I would be hard pressed to think that RFK even is on your radar. But during the Super Bowl, all of a sudden he pops up. It's like, well, maybe I'll take a look into this guy. Yeah. You know, to me, it was sort of the effect that it had. But I agree. When it comes to you know this whole apology thing, I know that some of his family members think he's a crackpot, and most of the family that you know object to him running, who've come out against him running, they're on board with permanent Washington. Hundred percent. They said they, they, you know, they they're very cautious because they they've seen what permanent Washington did to JFK and to RFK. They got in the way, they wanted to rock the boat, and they were both murdered for it at the hands of the government. Yeah. So they're they're not going to do anything to upset the good life that they're living right now. Yeah. No, they're not. But own it, man. Especially if you didn't do it, and it's getting good traction from the people who matter, not your family who's mad at you and is not going to support you anyways, but the people. You're, uh, who's your target audience? The people watching this game. Who do you need? The people watching this game take right. and run with it again well, I, I i disagree with some, him vehemently on so many issues i'm not voting for the guy but credit where credit's due it, it had an old americana feel to it name recognition and and he is going to to cause problems in this election for people both sides so right. I, I i thought it was a smart well, move i feel like with that tweet America has got caught up in a family, like an art, like the Kennedy family a group text. That should have been something that was just sent to them. Hey, here you go. We didn't need to see that. Yeah. yeah. By the way, keep me off group text too. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
not <laughs> apologizing to your you know your cousin who may or may not have raped somebody in palm beach or your other cousin who was jerking off in a tree and decided to bludgeon his neighbor to death you know the, i mean i wouldn't be apologizing to them right <laughs> no i i i agree jackie says if he just supported the second amendment yeah he's got to do a lot more things but here's the here's the he's not gonna win but here's the thing if if by some crazy chance it is 2024 america's on fire if by some chance he does win <clears throat> take solace in the fact that he won't destroy the country that's that's as quickly as it's being destroyed as quickly as it's <laughs> yeah it'll slow down i mean it's gonna be destroyed right. it's, it's whether you want it to in you the know, next four years though. the band-aid to come off really fast or if you just want to take a couple of peels just so you can have a little bit more fun. <laughs> maybe take a shower and <laughs> loosen it up a little yeah. bit yeah oh man um <clears throat> yeah congrats to you andy and some of the folks i i really do mean it I, I, for the Chiefs fans out there, good, good, good for you guys. Um, you guys definitely have something pretty, pretty impressive going on here. Speaking of impressive, just real quick side point: I sat around Sunday, working out back before the game, trying to get some stuff done. But as I did, I was watching the Iowa versus Nebraska women's basketball game because I wanted to see if Caitlin hit the Caitlin Clark hit the all-time scoring record, and. She didn't. She'll get it Thursday night against my girls in Ann Arbor now because uh, she came up a few points short. But gum, that girl is so good. Have you watched her play? No. It's worth it, bro. I don't it's worth like it. women's sports. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I'm uh, not a big fan of women's sports either. Most of, the, most of it, not because I disrespect them, but because no one cares. And I've got I know. That, that's how I feel about it, too. I'll watch if I'm forced to. Her arenas are packed, though. But to see her like get the scoring title, that's something that I would tune into. I think you should tune in Thursday night. It'll be in Ann Arbor. I don't know if if I'm sure Chrysler will be be packed there, but it was packed in Nebraska where their female sports are awesome. Obviously, volleyball, great, but they're back. And their one girl, um, Jazz Shelley, she was freaking a stud. They came back. They were down 14, came back and won. But I'm telling you, and Jazz did this a little bit too. Caitlin doesn't just pull up and drill threes. She shoots from damn near half court, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> she'll just she'll just be there, and then oh, I'm going up, and just drains them. Like holy crap! This and they were impressive, but the energy was good. I mean, it was packed. It was on big national television. It it was. I, I don't typically sit around and do that either, and watch you know women's basketball. I never will watch a WNBA game, but. But the collegiate level where there's more energy at the right schools, it was it was pretty fun, and, and I was really impressed with her. Really impressed. So we'll see. So Thursday night, she's going to def- – and let, barring an injury, she'll get it Thursday night. And then we'll finish on this because every year, the Waste Management Open just <laughs> – Oh, man. The they, People's Tournament. The yeah. People's <laughs> Tournament. They, they, they tell the people from last year's tournament, hold my beer because we're about to make this thing – I mean, literally – the waste management open as as the tournament as the organizers as the tour they stopped alcohol sales on saturday because things got so out of hand i mean it does everything <laughs> that's year. awesome it always is crazy they literally turned it off and said you bitches are crazy no more drinking for you we're shutting it down at a golf tournament i love it i wish all golf was like this tournament well, so well, I mean, I mean, LIV is starting to do some more crazy things, like you know, making it more fun to be at the event. So you may see more of that. 
but waste management is a totally different level totally different level yeah no it is it's crazy I, well taryn used to go there you know, she worked when she worked at the tour and she said working the event was awful because people are throwing beers at you and stuff oh, yeah. like that you're in hostile territory um it's just a rowdy a rowdy crowd but i i'm 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 trying to keep up with the chat too but this is someone made this montage we're just playing it for you but here's a little snapshot into how things looked at the waste management open this weekend take a look Is the frattiest montage I've ever seen. Ever, <laughs> ever. Every year, it just keeps going up. It's it's wild. Well, we you know we have a tournament here that's coming up next month. That's a big deal in our neck of the woods uh, for the players, and obviously one of the more prestigious tournaments. It's not like that in terms of the vibe. But what's crazy about it is while you don't see that, the way people dress at this thing is like they're going out to like like it's like a tinder round date uh like like speed dating session. <laughs> they're like in these short skirts and heels like where do you think you are right now <laughs> yeah. this is a golf tournament polo match yeah but it's but they i mean people just whore out it's for their this kentucky thing. derby i yeah, love it's... it i love watching old footage of baseball games where everyone's wearing ties and jackets in the stadium <laughs> that's my kind of sport but it's event. not like that's like cocktail this isn't like cocktail dresses this is like foot up on the brick wall behind you on a street corner kind of outfit Tom like it she's like <laughs> I like it are we going this year <laughs> oh yeah does Red Beach have tickets um maybe uh no we don't actually but anyway. <sighs> sorry uh, <clears throat> chaos is, uh, had bachelor party at the waste management open I presume wow that's like, that's that's an event that's, an, that's yeah. an event for sure and I wasn't ignoring you, Chaos, earlier. I just I just got caught up in some of the other stuff. But Chaos had brought up that Caitlin went very cold in the fourth quarter. She did. She was scoreless in the fourth quarter. Scoreless. And which I, I don't think has happened before, if, if if I understand correctly. Okay. We are going to head out for the night. It's been fun. Please hit that like button, folks, if you have not already. Please subscribe here in Rumble if this is where you are. We hope that you are. It's rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist. If you're not, come on over. Click the subscribe or follow button. 
and then you'll get notified. But you also just know that we're here Monday through Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Also, check us out over on Locals, drewberkwist.locals.com. That's where Coin Club happens. We do the official pre-show tailgate for the hour leading up to the show, have some drinks together, talk about some other stories in a more casual format. So please do all of those things. And then also, if you'd be so kind, please go – and if you're doing this and you're on iTunes, you're listening on iTunes to the podcast or Spotify, please make sure that you give a positive review there. It goes a long way. So please do that. Give us a review. Make sure you're subbed over there as well. Uh, so you're getting all the, the downloads sent your way. All those things are super helpful. We greatly appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Tuesday, right back here at 6 p.m. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.